The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. Many today are saying that in order to be eternally saved, believing is not enough. It's not enough because the devil believes in James 2.19. Is this view supported by the New Testament? We'll have some biblical clarity for you just in a moment. Thank you for joining us on the Grace in Focus radio broadcast and podcast, a ministry of the Grace Evangelical Society. Please go to our website, find out more about us. That's faithalone.org, faithalone.org. Now with today's question and answer discussion, here are Bob Wilkin and Leon Atkins. Uh, Leon, I have a question here from David, and I think it's an excellent question. He says, I have a problem. My present pastor is telling me that believing is not enough. That's a problem, (laughs) don't you think? Indeed. He said, my pastor says that the devil believes. He also says to be saved, you have to let Jesus into your heart. I think he's wrong. What is your opinion? Is he a false preacher? Should I consider going to another church? Well, we'll tackle those things one by one. But first of all, he says believing is not enough. So in light of John 3.16 and the Gospel of John and the entire New Testament, believing is enough, right? It is enough. I mean, whoever believes in him. Has eternal life. Yeah. And so then he said that the devil believes. Now, what verse is that from? James 2.19. I'm reading from the King James Version. Thou believest that there is one God, thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. Okay, now, some people, evidently this pastor, try to make a lot out of that and say, okay, the devil or the demons, they believe, and therefore it takes more than believing to be born again. Well, the problem is, if you read the context, it doesn't say the demons or the devils believe in the free gift of everlasting life. They believe in what? In one God. Which we call monotheism, right? Yes, that would include a lot of people in the world. Right. I mean, Christianity, Judaism, Islam, all believe in monotheism. But I would go a step further. This sounds a little bizarre, But you remember that Jesus is about to cast out the Gadarene demoniac. What do we have to do with you, O Son of God? Mm -hmm. They know that Jesus is the Messiah. Yes, the Holy One of Israel. Right. And the devil, we're told in Luke 8, 12, snatches away the seed, lest they should believe and be saved. So Lucifer believes in eternal security. Yes. He believes in the saving message that any living human being who believes in Jesus is saved once and for all. I think probably all of his minions, all of his demons also believe that. Well, so then why aren't they born again? Well, because, hello, they aren't living human beings. Jesus only died for human beings, and he only gives everlasting life to human beings who believe in him before they die. Once we die, it's now too late. If you come to believe the promise of eternal life when you're in the lake of fire or when you're in Hades, no, that's too late. You need to believe in him while you're alive. Jesus said in John eleven twenty six, he who lives and believes in me shall never die. 
It needs to be a living person. So the problem with the uh, demons or the devils, as the King James has it, is not that they believe in monotheism. Their problem is they are not living human beings, so there is no salvation for them. Right. God made no provision for fallen angels, right? There is no salvation for fallen angels. Once they fell, they were doomed forever. We need to recognize that saying that the devil believes or the demons believe is just a smokescreen. Because the issue is really, what about us? Now, let's go back and look at James 2, 14 to 17, because I think that's really what the pastor's after. Okay, James 2, beginning with verse 14. What does it profit, my brethren, though a man may say he has faith but have not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily bread, and one of you say unto him, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding you give them not those things which are needful to the body, what does it profit? Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yeah, now notice here that in both verse 14 and verse 16, the beginning of 14 and the end of 16, we have the same question, right? In the King James, it's what does it profit? profit. And the same thing in the New King James, what does it Profit. Some translations say, what good is it or what use is it? In Greek, it's tita aphelos, and it's the same exact words in Greek and English at the beginning of 14, the end of 16. And that establishes what he's talking about here. Some people have a nonprofit faith in Christ. Mm-hmm. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ for the gift of everlasting life, but you're not putting your beliefs within the Christian life into practice then it doesn't profit you, and it doesn't profit the person you're supposed to benefit. For example, the Lord said it's more blessed to give than to receive. Well, if I believe that, then wouldn't I give to the brother or sister in need? This is someone in my own church, Yes. right? Mm -hmm. But if I believe that and I don't do it, then what good is that for me or for them? Not much good. No. No, I should do it, but there's no guarantee I will. In the same way, let's say I believe that I should love my wife as Christ loves the church. I believe that would be good for her, good for me, good for the family, good for the neighborhood, right? Right. But if I don't do it, what does it profit me, her, the family, the neighborhood? It doesn't profit, right? Right. See, what I think we need to understand here is James 2.14 is not saying... Uh, If a person has saving faith but does not have works, what does it profit? He's saying anything I believe in the Christian life that I don't apply doesn't profit me. Now, of course, James could have tried to make that point and said, if a person believes in Christ for the free gift of everlasting life, but he's not living a godly life, then what does that profit? But I think specifically what he's talking about is anything I believe that I don't do is non-profit. And by the way, look at verse 12. Can you read James 2, 12? So speak and so do as they that shall be judged by the law of liberty. Yeah. Notice two things. 
speak, do. The same words are found in verse 14. If a man says, but he doesn't do. And the illustration that James gives is about someone, a fellow brother or sister, he's one of you, and you're not giving them. But what the person says is good, right? What does he say? Be warm, be filled, go in peace. Hey, that's, <laughs> hey I'll pray for you, brother. Yeah. I'm wishing you well, right? <laughs> he doesn't curse them out, right? right? He doesn't say anything bad, but he doesn't do. So if you go back to James 2.12, he's not doing it. And by the way, I like the point, R.T. Kendall makes the point, in his discussion of James, that James 2, 14 through 26, is not a new context from James 2, 1 to 13. James 2, 1 to 13 is about the rich and the poor in your assemblies. Mm -hmm. And then in 14 through 26, he gives the example of a poor person and Mm -hmm. not meeting their need. And so his point is, he already said in James 2, 1, don't hold your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ in a matter of favoritism, mm-hmm. right? But he yes. calls them believers in two one, And so we should recognize these are believers. He also calls them brethren, of course, in 14, right? Yes. And so, and all through the book, by the way, 14 times he calls them brethren. 2-1, my brethren. Yeah. And so it's a, a repeated point. So let's go to the last part of this. He also says to be saved, you need to let Jesus into your heart. Where would we find that in John 3.16? We wouldn't. (laughs) Right. How about anywhere in the Bible? Well, where people sometimes go is they'll go to John 1.12. He came to his own, his own received him not. But as many as received him... To them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. But the problem is receiving there is not praying some prayer. It's not inviting him into my heart. We're told at the end of the verse, to those who believe in his name. We must believe in his name, which is a shorthand in the book for believing in him. His name refers to his character, for his faithfulness, his fidelity to his promise. And so, inviting Jesus into your heart is not something that's found in Scripture. Now, the other place people sometimes go is Revelation 3.20, right? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, I will come in to him and dine with him, or King James, sup with him and he with me. But that's a fellowship expression. And besides, opening the door is explained in 3.19 is, therefore, be zealous and repent. (laughs) You need to be zealous for good works and turn from your bad Mm -hmm. works in order to have fellowship with Jesus if you're out of fellowship with him. So, first of all, faith is enough. Secondly, inviting him in isn't enough. In fact, it isn't a condition at all. And his final question is this, is he a false preacher? Good question. And the answer? Well, I would say in regard to the most important thing, he is giving people a false message. That's right. Now, you make a good point. He could be a true teacher Um, on things like marriage and family. Inerrancy. Inerrancy. Mm -hmm. The second coming, prophecy. Mm -hmm. You know, John MacArthur's like that. I agree with Mm -hmm. him on so many points. Yes. And I, I think he's an ally on lots of things. But when it comes down to the issue of what must you do to be saved... He is preaching a false message. Mm -hmm. Now, his final question is, should I consider going to another church? 
I would advise him to look for a free grace church. Yeah. A church is proclaiming the free gift of everlasting life by faith apart from works. Clearly teaching by. We do have a list, by the way. You can go to our website, faithalone.org, uh, and click on Connect, and there's a church tracker list, and see if there's a church near you. And if not, either consider starting your own church or moving <laughs> to where you could be yes. to a place where there is one. Well, thanks, David, for your question. I really like your question. And remember, keep grace in in focus. focus. Our goal at the Grace Evangelical Society is to teach Scripture clearly and without confusion. One of the best tools for that clarity, we believe, is our website. It's faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. On our site, we have all kinds of materials that are designed to help you mature and grow in your faith and your understanding of Scripture. Please come visit us at faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. It's really exciting to hear from our listeners. So if you've got a question, comment, or feedback, I hope you'll reach out to us. Best way to do that is through email. Here is our email address. It's radio at faithalone.org. That's radio at faithalone.org. On the next episode, we return to our Roman series with Ken and Catherine, looking at Romans chapter 11. You join us, and until then, let's keep grace in focus. The preceding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.